drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This time I'm sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all age, I am back. The Courts of Heat podcast is back. This has been a long time coming. I don't know how long. It's been since I recorded a podcast episode. I think it was like October of 2023, some like that. But I am finally back, and I am excited to be back. And we're doing this in the heart of the NBA trade deadline. This is our season. This is our time. Five days till. Till what, you may be asking? Well... Well, well, guys, um, we got a lot of stuff we got to cover. From Mikel Bridges to the whole Nets situation to the Suns and Miles Bridges to what's going on with LeBron James. And this is a more complicating situation than what anyone realizes to the Warriors. It's a very simple solution on what they want. It's going to be very interesting. When we talk about it, I got so many topics I want to talk about, but this is going to deal with the NBA trade on. I'm going to talk about the Steven Adams trade that happened. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it happened the other day. So I want to put my words to it. However, I want to say it. I don't know. But I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some injuries like Julius Randle, like Jared Vanderbilt. That's going to be breaking news around the league. And I just want to get into the latest trade rumors and reports around the association. But boys and girls, ah, guys, it's been, it's been, it's been a while. I've been jonesing to do a podcast episode for a very long time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone that I've been very inconsistent, took a very long break. But, you know, holidays were coming up, sickness came up, other projects came up. So, it is what it is, but I am back and ready for it. If you guys are sick of my voice, sorry. You're going to be hearing my voice a lot more. Because we're coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. By the way, happy Saturday, happy February to everyone. Kicking off the new year very strong. All-Star game's coming up. What is that, like February 18th? The All-Star Starters and Reserves got announced. That's cool. My man, D-Book, he's there. Um, Can't believe Trey Young got snubbed. So, I'm not going to focus on that today. Not really in the mood for that. I'm more here for the trade stuff. As always, guys, you know where to find me on all social media platforms. Instagram, The Axe, TikTok, heck, even Facebook. Y'all are on Facebook? Why not follow me? I don't know. But for Twitter, let me get this correct. I'm, I'm just going to call it Twitter X. It's all the same thing at this point. For Twitter, it's twitter.com slash courtsideheat. For Instagram, it's instagram.com slash courtsideheatNBA. 
for Facebook courtside heat and for TikTok, it is courtside heat. Yes, there is a gaming video coming out every weekend. Yes, I do have shorts, reels, and TikToks coming out every single day. Yes, podcast episodes are coming out three days a week. Yes, content is coming out every single day on courtsideheat.com. And yes, I am still a very handsome person. Said no one ever. But still, someone's got to be confident in themselves and it's going to be me. Moving past that, want to cover social media. Um, another big thing I do want to cover because such a since it was such a great hit last season, last Treadline season, you want to call it a season, whatever, but last dead on, I had a YouTube live, a YouTube live stream going where for four hours I covered the NBA trade deadline. All my live reactions, my knowledge, my inside scoop on everything. I gave you what I thought. I gave you the reports that were coming out. And we just had a lot of fun, a lot of good conversations. So, since it went so well in year number one, I'm going to do this for year number two, boys. And girls, if y'all want to come. Like, my audience is 80% dudes. Figures. Whatever. Um... So I'm going to be doing that again. The trade on is February 8th. Live stream will be starting about 8.39. So around those two times. A.M. Arizona time. Just to make it very, very simplistic. Arizona time. Very universal. Uh, I don't care if you're like near Pennsylvania, Virginia, Idaho, Rhode Island. I don't care where y'all at. Everyone uses... Um, Arizona time. So we're just gonna be doing Arizona time. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna be going from like eight thirty to one or nine to one, whatever. But it's gonna have a lot of fun. Four hours, maybe five hours. Remember, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call, it, whatever Elon has it at. I'm there. I'm posting all this stuff, the rumors, reports, what I'm hearing, all of this stuff. And of course, you can get this on courtsheat.com. And without further ado, six minutes after this, let's now get into the breaking news around the league. This is a very interesting time in the league where anything goes. It's like no holds barred, Dutty East style, whatever. The first thing I do want to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies Houston Rockets trade. This was. Not something I was particularly seeing. Meaning, did I think Steven Adams could be moved? Sure. Because everyone in the Grizzlies is kind of open. Because this Grizzlies season has just gone down the toilet. Lit on fire. If, if you want to put it that way. Steven Adams. Look, he's coming back from that surgery. He's trying to rehab. He's just trying to recover. So he's not going to have an immediate impact. We already know that. But for the goals, aspirations of this young, hungry Houston franchise being led by Emu Doka, who took a very successful Celtics team to the finals. Yes, they lost, but they still put up a battle. They, they took the Warriors to six games. There were some good, good games there. It was a battle. 
for that entire postseason journey leading up to the finals in that 2022 run. Right? Yeah, 2022. Sorry, I had a brain break. But it makes sense. Steven Adams is such an experienced veteran. I love Steven Adams. I'm a Steven Adams fan. So nobody could tell me otherwise on anything Steven Adams have done. Like, I am such a big man Steven Adams fan. It's not even funny. Now, what the Grizzlies got in return was Victor Oladipo and three second rounders. Um, look, Victor Oladipo... He's never really been the same since all of his knee injuries. Since, I believe he bet on himself when he left Indy. H-Town could have been something. It just wasn't. Look, you had he's been from Orlando to the Thunders, the Pacers, to Houston, and Miami. Back to Miami, right? So, he had Miami, Houston, Miami. He's just never been the same. And this was a guy who was supposed to be kick butt awesome just knee injuries and various other knee injuries just killed him so pretty solid guy he'll still get you like 10 and free free a game right it is what it is you get free third rounders not bad for the Grizzlies the Grizzlies are now just trying to get a very nice draft pick to go along Triple J and John Moran and the other pieces they have there. Assuming Marcus Smart does not get traded away. Because Marcus Smart does have trade interest. There are multiple teams that. I'm not going to say covet him. But are like okay. Is he available? They're not tanking. But if they're making him available. I'm going to put my offer in. If that makes sense. And why wouldn't you want to do that? So. For many impact reasons, or from that perspective, there's really nothing. But, but, he's going to be such a good locker room general, or remove the word general, locker room leader, that by far, by far, he's going to help this organization. Imudoka likes him. He likes those leadership type of guys. And he's not a distraction like Grant. Grant Williams was when he was with the uh, Boston Celtics before his butt was shipped off to the Dallas Mavericks. And I, I, I don't know if anyone likes him. I'm sorry. I have no idea if anyone likes him. All I know, but that's not even a topic. All I know is that Steven Adams is now a part of the Houston Rockets. And he's, I think this is like his third team. If I recall, I think Stephen Adams, well, I know he played a huge part of his career with OKC then. Ah, then the Grizzlies, I don't think there was a third team before. My apologies, I'm an idiot. It was the Pelicans. And now that we're talking about the Pelicans, I remember when he had that nonchalant, what was it, full court, half court? It was some court, three-pointer. He, he just heaved it. No energy, just threw in it. I'm hoping I remember that correctly when it was with the Pelicans, but there was just very distinct memories that I have of him throughout his entire career. Anyways, that's my fault. I forgot about the Pelicans. That's on me. Now, something that I'm very sure about that I wish I, wish I wasn't, and I'm sorry, New York fans, but I got to recap y'all on this. Julius Randle 
Yeah, he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. He dislocated his shoulder. It's tough. I feel bad for him. If it's not his shoulder, it's his ankle. If it's not his ankle, it's just some other various injury that's just restricting him. And I know, and I know the Knicks have been getting beaten to death, getting beaten like a dog for not having quality or superstar-like players. Uh, that that that's, That is so inaccurate, and, and that's not even funny. Jalen Brunson's a star. OJ Anobi is a very, qual- he's, a, he's a quality player. He is very, very good. Same with Randall. Sure, I've had my times, had my moments with Randall that wasn't so positive. But, but, he's still a solid big man. They got a good roster. So, I don't know why y'all are trying to slander the good names of this storied franchise. And I'm not the biggest Nick fans ever. I'm not, I'm not a New York Nick fan. I'm not. But even I'm like, yo, let's chill. And I'm not a James Dolan fan. Let's be honest. I hate the dude. I, I honestly do. I, I find him to be a loser. But I'm still going to defend y'all's fan base. Anyways. That's tough for Julius Randle. I do feel bad, but I know he's going to come back stronger and better than ever before. Cliche as it is, but look, the 29-year-old is just going to have to go through with it. Tough. This NBA did pick up on this. ESPN confirmed it, and he did suffer that initial. He suffered the initial injury in the 125 to 109 win against the Miami Heat on January 27th. So, she's going to be out of the team's honor for the next two to three weeks. It just is what it is. Nick's PR released on February 1st. So, two days ago. And just to fully recap everyone, I'm reading this off of NBA.com. Randall suffered his injury on Saturday as the Knicks beat the Miami Heat 125-109. He was injured on a fall late in that game as he was driving to the basket with 427 left when he, rookie, uh, Yaquez Jr., I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name at all. That's, that's going to be my fault. But when Yaquez Jr. stepped into his path to try to take a charge. After colliding with Yaquez, Randall landed hard, and once he finally got up, he was holding his right shoulder area and quickly went to the locker room. Look. It's tough. I know. That front court was already fit enough. I know you had injuries to Mitchell Robinson. I know it's getting rough. So, they're just going to have to put their big boy pants on. They're just going to have to rough it out. Hurts. It bites to say it, but I'm right. And I know there's been similar takes to that. And I can't really expand fully into this because it's an injury. Two to three weeks. It is what it is. And I know you have the little nuances in the minute details of what could happen, what could not happen, what needs to happen, how Tibbs needs to step up as coach, as leading these players. Look, I get all of that. I'm not going to get into that in the interest of time and what I really want to talk about today. But 
I did want to bring that up to clarify for you guys and just to recap if any of you guys were unsure or did not know about this injury. Last one for breaking news around the league, and that is Jared Vanderbilt. Sure, he's not having a lot of impact. Sure, he's only averaging, what, five points per game in, what, 20 minutes? Something. He's getting a lot of minutes. Not a lot of production out of him. But he's expected to miss several weeks with a right foot injury. It's a shame. I think he's only been able to play 29 games. I'm fact-checking this right now, but I'm just testing my knowledge. Yeah, 29 games, 20 minutes, 5 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Look, he's he's a beyond the stats type of guy. But if you want to get, sometimes he'll get consistent buckets. Like January 25th against Chicago, in 27 minutes, he had 17 points, 5 rebounds, 8-11 shooting. Like that is very, very consistent. That is very, very good. And we know what he's been able to do when he was in like Minnesota and Utah in Denver, and of course, coming over to L.A. This is like his second season in L.A. So we know what he's about. So even though his production, statistically, is not wilding, I always just want to say this. Guys like Pat Bev, they don't have wilding statistics, but they're making an impact in the locker room and just disrupting opponent individually and collectively as a team so with all that being said I do want to keep that framework that idea that perspective of sure he's not doing stuff statistically that people are like oh okay that's pretty cool or it's not as flashing today's NBA but trust me he's doing the gritty gully stuff he's doing what Darvin Ham is asking him to do and with that being said him being out several weeks is not all sunshine and rainbows. It is a it is the exact opposite. And feet injuries are no fun. Trust me, I've had my fair share of ankle and feet related injuries. Anyways. I I was gonna say that's all well and good, but I, I was trying to say I was trying to segue into the latest trades and rumors around the league, but I I didn't want to be like I, I don't know how I wanted to say because I didn't want to be, like, rude. Not rude, but just, like, try to put that beneath. Because, trust me, injuries are rough. I do not wish injuries on anyone, but I got to transition somehow. So, let's just jump right into the trade rumors around the league. Because, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, across the United States and across the globe, I want to talk about Tyus Jones. I want to talk about um, um, Mikael Bridges, the Nets, the Suns, the Warriors. With CP Free and Wiggins. You remember when Wiggins was called the Canadian version of Michael Jordan? Don't you ever disrespect the GOAT. The greatest of all time. But I also want to talk about DeJounte Murray. I also want to talk about the LeBron situation. I want to talk about Jalen Green. And this is something I've been tracking for the past month. So, before I get into all of that. I'm going to bore you guys before I get into the meaty topics. Then I'm going to get into some controversial topics that should not be controversial. But I guess apparently this is controversial and this has made me very upset. Don't worry, I'm going to get to that and it relates to the Suns and Miles Bridges. And y'all know exactly where I'm going to be heading when this is all said and done. But first I want to talk about Tyus Jones. 
So, if you guys have been keeping up with me on social media, with just Corte in general, um, I was talking to somebody close to the Washington Wizards. Him and I were pretty much talking. And the Wizards, just to give a recap, the Wizards are sellers. They're not buyers. They're in the very early stages, relative early stages of their rebuild. They're not looking to acquire big names. They're not looking to make a puff push, obviously, given their record, given their circumstances, given their only big name is Kyle Kuzma, and he right now is on the chop shop or the chop block, however you say it. Who cares? But Tyus Jones, if you're saying between Kuzma and Jones, Jones is most likely gone given his contract and trying to give his value. Could there be a first-rounder involved? Maybe. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports said multiple seconds. So that's something. But I was talking to my guy. And sources close to Courts of Heat said, look, Tyus Jones is going to be traded. Tyus Jones is going to be the first player traded from the Washington Wizards. The return is not going to be the greatest. It's not going to be that high. But they're in the rebuild. They're a seller. They're just trying to work for draft position right now. They're just trying to grind for this season. Remember, and this is just me talking, not what me and my source were talking about, but remember, um, um, they don't have a, they don't have a coach anymore. West, you remember Wes until Jr.? Yeah, he was moving to a front office position so he wasn't fired but he was fired where he was moved to a front office position oh what was it yeah so they were just transferring him out makes sense makes sense on a number of reasons um who's the wizards i'm, I'm sorry i'm forgetting i'm sorry brian keith that's their interim head coach so Sham Sharani of the Athletic and Stadium said he'll be finishing the regular season before the Wizards hire a full-time coach. So, this ties into what I was saying. I just wanted to fact-check just to make sure I had my I's dotted and my T's crossed. Just to give you guys the proper information. And that is, look, they're in a rebuild. There are no rush to win games. They're going for draft position. They're trying to find the best head coach. They're going to start with Tyus Jones. He will be traded. And maybe Kuzma will go. But just focusing on Tyus Jones right now, that's where we're at. So that's what my guys are telling me. And then the plot thickened. Because that came, that came out like a few days ago. Something like that. But the plot thickened. And I was talking about Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports said executives around the league believe the Wizards will give him up for a couple of second rounders. I put out a tweet or post that said the Suns have those second rounders. The Suns have been tied to Tyus Jones in those rumors and pseudo reports. I believed with my whole heart that the Suns were going to go out and make a move. Because I believe you could give up a mediocre player like Jordan Goodwin and a bunch of second rounders. If you want a player or whatever, right? Probably Jordan Goodwin, but 
why would they take back their own player? I don't know. I don't think they would. I was just throwing out a hypothetical name. Don't kill me on that. Well, according to John Gambadoro of 98.7 Arizona Sports, who is 90% correct on the stuff that he says beyond basketball, he said the Suns are not interested in him. They're just not. So, the Suns are out of the running to land him. Not because they're forced out of it, because it's a choice. And and we're going to talk about this later, but he also said they're not even looking for a point guard. I'm going to talk that I'm going to talk about that later when we get to Miles Bridges and the Phoenix Suns and their exact needs. I'm going to get to that later, but Tyus Jones is going to be traded. Where? You know, that's a little iffy right now. Not many people know where he's going to end up. I wouldn't be surprised if Davion Mitchell and Tyus Jones got swapped. You know, Sacramento, they're looking to get rid of Mitchell. They traded the wrong guard. Remember when they had Tyrus Halliburton? Yeah, I'll never get that one. I know the Kings have been linked to him. I know the Wolves have been linked to him. I think Jake Fisher also touched on that, but... I really do believe that it's between the Wolves and the Kings. Honestly, could I be wrong? 100%. But I do believe the two front runners are the Wolves and the Kings. And these are just speculations. These are rumors. These are pseudo reports. All I'm saying is that these two teams have a very realistic shot. And many teams do have many second rounders. I can't I don't see many teams lacking. Second rounders. First rounders, yes. But not second rounders. If you're in the shoes of the Phoenix Suns or Milwaukee Bucks, yes. The supply is little none for first rounders. It is very limited or non-existent. So, that's where we're kind of out with Tyus Jones. I don't really have anything new. I'm going to try to get a little more information the coming days, but... We're going to play it by ear. We're going to see what happens, but Tyus Jones is most likely moved by the deadline. Um, Again, this one is going to be pretty easy to talk about. It's Mikael Bridges. Mikael. Brooklyn Bridges. Man. Do I love Mikael? Mikael Bridges, to me, was such a fun guy. Loved him in Phoenix. Is he Kevin Durant? No. Were the Suns also talking to the Raptors about a potential OJ Nobi and Pascal Siakam swap? Sure. But I would rather have Kevin Durant. Hands down. KD all the way. But I still do love Cam McHale. But since we're focusing on McHale, I do just want to say this. And this was like when they got him. During the Kevin Durant trade line situation, debacle, chaos, all that stuff. When the trade came out about 11 p.m. my time, 1 p.m. East, uh, one, I'm sorry, 1 a.m. Eastern. It was such a big deal. 
such a big deal. I couldn't believe it. I was actually playing NBA 2K23. I was in a live game. That was the last time I played with Mikhail in a live game as a Phoenix Suns. I was recording a video. Dang. Anyways. Um, Mikhail Bridges is untouchable. The Rockets were ready to give up. Once again. A couple of first rounders. Oh, they were going to give up a few first rounders to acquire him. But not only did the Nets decline the first time. They doubled down by doing it again. As Brooklyn has made it clear. As Sean Marks has made it clear. That their intentions is to build around Bridges. And this is a perfect segue. I'm just going to talk about the Nets now. Right, it's a perfect segue. So, Mikel Bridges, he's untouchable. He may be one of the few pieces that is quote-unquote untouchable. But he's the only official, public, hands-down, no discussion needed, period upon period upon period, of someone who is untouchable, deemed untouchable. The Nets, however, are ready to trade Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton, and Royce O'Neal. Nick Claxton is interesting because on, and I, I put this story live on courtsatheat.com, but since he is becoming a unrestricted free agent this summer, and his future is very concerning, is very emotional in the sense of nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows if a, an extension is going to be reached, if there's going to be like a sign and trade. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. He's unrestricted. There is no, oh, we could put an offshoot to retain him. No, it's none of that. He's, he's unrestricted. He could go wherever he wants, wherever he pleases. Whoever wants to make him a nice offer. So, Nick Claxton could be made more available as we get closer to the deadline. Very interesting. I could see Claxton being moved. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a time when the Suns were going to trade with the Nets. And they did. And it was going to be for Kevin Durant and Nick Claxton. And they were going to give, and the Suns were going to give him like DA, a lot of picks. And some other players. I don't think Mikel would have been tossed into that deal. But it was something like that. But the main players were Claxton and, and Durant. But Brooklyn valued and viewed Claxton to be better than DA. And that was DA being at an all-time high in stock value, trade value. Because you had Yamane, you had... Him being very, very good, matching well against Nikhil Jokic, uh, Zubox, all this stuff, all these guys. So that was very, that was a very interesting time. DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, he actually could have gone to another team, as one was ready to give Brooklyn two first rounders, but Brooklyn rejected the deal. They rejected the offer. My hypothesis, while this may never be confirmed, my hypothesis is this. A rival team or a team they're not too fond of made them that deal because they made them that offer to their liking because the Nets reportedly wanted two first 
rounders for DFS and they were not going to give them up to that certain team or they didn't want the picks being out there like in the years 2028, 2030, whatever. That's my little theory. That's my little conspiracy theory, my little hypothesis for all you scientific nerds out there. But all that being said, teams like the Bucks, Thunder, Suns, Kings, and the Lakers are all interested. The Suns are also interested in Royce O'Neal. Same with the Lakers. And also throwing the Mavericks for Royce O'Neal. And Royce O'Neal, he's a solid guy. He's a solid, solid player. Veteran. It would not take a lot to land Royce O'Neal. That is just my hypothesis. Like, he's the ultimate glue guy. Now, does it provide stuff on offense? Not really. But, 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 but. <coughs> my apologies. I'm dying here. I don't have any water. Weird thing. He's got versatility. He he can shoot the free ball. I believe he can shoot the free ball. That that's that's my thing. Like he's a versatile free and D wing player. Right? I I I believe that. I've been high on I'm sorry, did I call him a wing player? I'm an idiot. No, he's a good forward. Sorry, I was thinking about someone else. He he's a very good forward. Even though he only gets you, what, seven points a game, five points a game, whatever, he's still shooting 36% from free. So he's a nice free and D. He's known for his defensive efforts, his versatility on defensive end. He's he's a very good front court stuffer. Put him in the paint, got it. Put him in different assignments, got it. But anywhere that involves the front court, he's got it covered. He's got it covered. And there are teams that are, are willing to say, okay, we would do that. Because he has the power. He has those intangibles and tangibles of being a solid defensive player. Of being a good fit. And he would be a good fit for teams like the Suns and for teams like the Mavericks and Lakers, and whoever else wants to come in there, right? Same for with Dorian Finney-Smith. Is he a little overrated? Who knows? I don't know. But there are a handful of suitors who are lining up at Sean Marks' door with offers in hand. Potential offers in hand. Verbally communicating nothing transactionally yet. But... It could have gone to another team. I saw the report. And I'm like, wow, why did you turn that down? Real report, by the way. So very interesting. And by the way, Spencer Dinwiddie. I honestly don't know what his value is. I, 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 I don't know why he's so inconsistent. I don't know. The Birdio is just such a bad combo guard. Like, boys, let me read you how bad he is. Like, he was good when he was, like, in his final season with the Mavericks. 
first season with the Nets, like, he was starting to prove, like, in 2019-20, he was exceptional for the Nets. Then, the Wizards, okay, not so much. Then the Mavericks was picked up. Then, his first season back with the Nets, it was fine. Not really, but it was fine enough. Then, it just got really bad. Like, check these last 10 games. And, by the way, he's just so bad. He's not his, his shooting splits were awful. Nothing's even close to 40%. Besides field percentage, we have 39 and a half. Belize is a proven free point percentage. Best dipped off. He used to be a 40-45 guy. But now he's just a 40-28 guy. 40-30 guy. That's bad. So he's so here is field goal. You ready? 6-10. I'm going to go from January 31st all the way to the 11th. You ready? This is a 20-day span. 6-10. 5 3-11. 510 over 4 69 511 58 1612 That is really really bad. He can't shoot the ball. But if you want to take it as a traditional point guard standpoint, okay, he's had eight assist games, nine assist games, seven assist games. You take that. And he'll have, like, the occasional game of getting, like, two to three steals. If you're lucky of having that rarity of getting a block, very rare. He gets, like, 0.2 blocks per game. Looking at his stats right now, so. It's whatever. Spencer Dinwiddie is not a good basketball player in this stage of his career. He's just not. But it is what it is. Just, it, it, it really is what it is. I forgot there was a time where he played five games with the Bulls. Very interesting. I, I forgot all about that. Anyways. That's where we're at with a guy like Spencer Daniels. That's where we're at with DFS. That's where we're at with Claxton. That's where we're at with O'Neal. That's where we're at with a lot of these guys. The only guy that's truly untouchable is Mikhail Brooklyn Bridges. That's it. That is honestly it. Is that harsh? Is that harsh to say? No. That's just where we're at. So we've gone through Tyus Jones. We've gone through Mikael Bridges. We've gone through the Nets. As a whole. With other factoring players. Now. Where do we go with the Phoenix Suns? Where do we go with the Phoenix Suns? Why is Mikhail... I'm sorry. Why is Miles Bridges' name coming up? Look. Before I get into the basketball side of Miles Bridges, and I know the Suns' biggest splash could be getting Miles Bridges, I know that's going to be a very big focal point of this deadline, of this Suns' team. But, but, I want to talk about the human being. Because I'm kind of disturbed right now. I'm going to get to the basketball side. And by the way, 
the basketball side of Miles Bridges, he's a good player. He would fit for the Phoenix Suns, undoubtedly so. But, um, I can't get over what he did. So, I know people can have that ability to separate basketball from personal life. I can on most things. If it's a marijuana charge, whatever. If it's something that deals with divorce, whatever. Family, whatever. Um, even, even John Moran. That's a learning moment. What John Moran did was a learning moment. So I'm able to distinguish the two. And I'm not bringing him into that fold. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not bringing anyone else in. But Miles Bridges is a horrible human being. He's a horrible human being. Did nobody see the photos of the woman whom he supposedly loved, who has his children? Did you see the photos of how he mercilessly beaten almost to death? You can't fake that. Those are not fake. He beat that woman. He strangled her. And there are sick freaks out there that are trying to defend a woman beater. There is a guy um, on Twitter. I forgot the name, but I have the images. Let me run through some things real quick. In June 2022, quote, it's all quote, Bridges was arrested in Los Angeles on multiple offenses, including felony domestic violence charges in the state of California. Felony domestic violence is a domestic crime committed with aggravating factors, which includes violence resulting in bodily injury. Bridges' then partner detailed the bodily injury he caused her, which included a of concussion, a closed fracture of the nasal bone, rib con- contusion, and strained neck muscle as a result of an ass- assault by strangulation. It gets worse. Not only did he go after a woman, which is horrific, he also went after children, his children. He traumatized them. In early October 2023, a report from the Charlotte Melkenberg Police Department stated that Bridges violated a protective order during a custody exchange with his ex-partner, with whom he has two children, 
As part as part of the most recent report, Bridges has been accused of throwing billiard balls, pool balls, at his ex-partner's vehicle while the children were inside, smashing the windshield and denting the vehicle. The man's had a second chance. He blew it. But now, the NBA, any sports league, are willing to give women beaters, assaulters, traumatizers, a second chance. They, somebody like Miles Bridges, if he was a regular person and not somebody of fame and of status, he would be thrown in prison. Let me make this thing very, very clear. He beat a woman, strangled a woman, traumatized children, damaged property. He was already given a second chance. And you know how many freaks I saw on social media? And if you're listening to this podcast episode, and you, in your heart of hearts, deep down, Say, it's okay. We're trying to win basketball games. And then, you know what that tells me? You don't care for women. You're a horrible human being yourself. Because that means your mindset on protecting women. On viewing women. On making sure they're safe. They're comfortable. Like, understand where we're at. We have morons. Saying, as long as we win basketball games, it doesn't matter what he's doing in his personal life. The fool should be in prison. I've never liked Miles Bridges, the person. He is a disgusting human being. I wish he would burn, and he will. Because... It is wrong what he did. I could never imagine in my life striking a woman. I could never imagine laying my hands on a woman to viciously attack her, to viciously assault her. If this does not make you uncomfortable, if this does not make you angry and want to hurt Miles Bridges, and then you are a soulless human being. He abused her. And this is just what came to light. We don't know what he emotionally and mentally did to her. That's real. He is a horrible human being. And it disgusts me as a Phoenix Suns fan to say, oh, my team's going to employ this little person, this little, he's, he's a horrible human being, like, I find it disgusting that Matt Ishbia is going to allow this, really, you said you were standing up for women, 
when we when we got Red Robert Sarver, what he did to women, what he did in forms of harassment and all this other stuff, and human indecency. You said you were gonna value women more. No, you lied. All you wanna do is win games. All you wanna do is be a rich billionaire. That's all you wanna do. You lied. And if you get him, you're going to alienate half this fan base. You're going to alienate me. And this is not me trying to make some righteous point. This is me being a normal human being saying, you should not lay hands on a woman. I'm not going to root for a team, any team, especially my team, that I am a dire hard fan of. If we get this woman abuser, I've seen the photos. It's disgusting. That is real. It is not fake. This is not a fairy tale story made up for whatever reason. No, this is real, like most cases are. Because sadly, we have too many deranged men trying to harm women because they're losers. Goes beyond that. Not gonna get into that. Not. But for the soulless freaks that are out there, they're saying it's okay. Let's just win basketball games. You don't care for women in your personal life at all. I, I am sickened because try to process that. You hit a woman. Would you want somebody to hit your mama? No. Would you want somebody to hit your sister? Or if you're in a relationship with a woman? Really? You want to want that. But. But we have this loser. Who should be in prison. Who should never be able to step onto the basketball court again. Despite all of that. He's getting, he's getting a third chance. He violated a protective order. He's harming her. She has to live in fear for the rest of, of her life. She has to go seek counseling and therapy, most likely, for the trauma. I don't know how old the children were. I believe they were young. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. Don't hold me to that. No matter the age. You had to witness your mama being abused. You had to be traumatized yourself. Also, I hope the man dies. I hope he dies. I hope he has a very excruciating, painful death. And I wish he would actually get resurrected so this way he can experience it all again. And I say this to say I would never, ever be in support of Miles Bridges. And if we trade for him, this will be the darkest day in NBA history. For allowing him to continue to play a game of basketball. And the darkest day in Phoenix Suns history. I will no longer be a Phoenix Suns fan. I won't. I'll be a Devin Booker fan. I'll be a Kevin Durant fan. I'll be a Brad Beal fan. I'll be an individual fan. I won't be a team fan. I'll regret ever supporting Matt Ishbia. Because I mean he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. This, 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 that's not right. What he has done, 
and people are saying this is about to get done. This is wrong. This is downright wrong. This is absolutely appalling. This is downright disgusting. But we all got a job to do, I guess. Where's our morals? Where's our decency? We've lost that a very long time ago. But it just goes to show, I guess, that basketball is more important than women's lives. Helping people who can't help themselves. It's wrong. It's not normal. But if it comes to the Phoenix Suns, great. I'll no longer be a fan of the team. I'll cover them. But that will actually kill me. That will legitimately kill me. I would not be happy. <sighs> I would not want that. And I have a really bad feeling that this could happen. And who knows? This can already be done by the time I post this podcast episode. It's a shame, honestly. But all in the name of basketball, right guys? Anyways. Not going to beat a dead horse. But... I am going to talk about the basketball side of Miles Bridges, which I am fond of. But I, I'm fond of his skills. I'm fond of what he could bring to the Suns. But him, no. Not that piece of trash. Anyways. The Suns aren't looking to get Tyus Jones or any point guard despite having assets signs Jones. That's what Gambo said. Miles Bridges is an ideal fit for the Suns. He's an unselfish, off-the-ball basketball player who plays the wing position very nicely. Very, very nicely. He averages 20 points and 7 rebounds per game. And there is that Michigan State connection with both Bridges and Suns owner Matt Ishbia playing college ball. The only downside is, is that this will only be a rental as they won't have money to give him the contract he wants, the more the better for him when it comes to money. But this deal can work solely on the unique no-trade clause he has with Sharp, which could work like Bradfield's trade to Phoenix. So you you would only have to give up somebody like Utawananambi or Drew Eubanks, somebody like that. I put out a mock trade before. For Miles Bridges with multiple second rounders. I'm going to see if I can try to pull that up on the X. But it would be something. Because the Hornets, yes, they would want more. They're probably not going to get more, especially if he's choosing his own destiny. If he wants to play for the Suns, he's going to he's gonna put the Shaw Hornets in a stronghold in a very tight, uncomfortable situation. Hey, kind of like what he did to his woman. Whoops. It's not how funny how that all gets connected. But for Miles Bridges, I'm trying to pull up that trade. Photos. Hmm. 
I'm trying to find it. Where, where? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So the Sons of Land, Miles Bridges, and Nick Richards, the Hornets would get uh, Nazir Little, Utah Wananambi, and two second rounders, like in 2024 and 2028. I really do believe if. Bridges comes, Richards comes. And that's not bad. Wananabe has been a bust for the Suns. Nas a little. I would give him a second chance, but if we get Richards and Bridges, I'm okay with that. Like, Richards has value, more value than Little. Bridges has more value than Wananabe. Honestly, Wananabe's just known as a dude who can shoot the ball occasionally. And his Katie's friend from Brooklyn. Dude's worthless. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. So I could actually see a deal like that being done. And can I call my shot? Maybe. I think the Suns are close to getting a deal done. That's how I was pointing. The the human side of me is wishing it's not going to get done. But the basketball side of me and the insider side of me is like, okay, and if this deal is not done tomorrow, I'm going to reach out to my insiders close to Phoenix, and I'm going to ask how, how close we are to this deal, how real this deal is going to be, and some pieces that could be given up. And I, I know Miles has other teams interested in him, but the Phoenix Suns are really, really looking like the team that's going to be able to land him. That's why I'm hearing from Flex. That's why I'm hearing from Gamba. That's why I'm hearing from a lot of other people surrounded around the NBA and around the Phoenix Suns. So, the Suns' biggest splash could be getting Miles Bridges. Again, talented basketball player. Basketball, purely on the basketball side, I would want someone like Bridges. Basketball side only. Because he would fit. And he could play both sides of the ball pretty nicely. So, he would be a great addition for the Phoenix Suns. On a basketball side only. Okay. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the Warriors. It's going to be a long podcast episode, guys. So, just to be fair to you guys. Unless you like these long podcast episodes and by all means I will give you guys more this is probably gonna come out to hour and 30 I meant for this to be like an hour hour and a 10 but and eh, now nah, we ain't gonna get to all of that so I'm gonna recap what I've been put on courtesy.com and on the X machine Warriors the Warriors are wanting to move off Andrew Wiggins and Chris Paul unless Stephen Curry wants the court to be broken up then Draymond Green and Clay Thompson are indeed safe. Which is interesting because Clay and the Warriors can't come to long term. They can't come to a long term agreement. They can't come to a contract extension. So I don't know what's going to happen there. If if nothing happens and he is safe beyond a deadline, they're probably going to work out an extension. They're probably crunching those numbers. Draymond's obviously safe. I think he has like a four-year, $100 million deal. Like, he's safe. Let me fact-check those numbers for you guys. But I thought it was that. It is that. Yeah, he re-signed that. He extended to that. But I think the core is going to be safe. They like to move out of Paul's massive contract. And Wiggins is no longer one of their top 
players due to his inconsistency and lack of good play. And sadly for the Warriors, this has led to low-balling offers by teams, by other teams, whether it be rivals or not, which is very interesting. At one point, people thought, oh, he went from being a bust to resurrecting his career. Now he's kind of going back down. This is his worst. This is his worst season by far. By far. This is the worst season he's had in his career. The last time he's had numbers similar to this was back in his rookie season with Minnesota 2014-15, where he got 16-4-2 per game in 36 and 36 minutes, where he played all 82 games. Now he's just barely shooting it. Some nights he'll go 8 of 10, 8 of 12. Others, it's 3 of 13, 2 of 8, 1 of 6, 3 of 8, stuff like that. Very not not good. Very not not good at all. When he came to Golden State, everyone thought he just rebirthed his career. It just, the Warriors have not been the same ever since Jordan Poole got punched in the face. Like something just snapped. And then Bob Myers left. Like this team, like this is like the end of a dynasty. After 2022's championship win, it's just gone downhill. So, it makes sense with Paul. It makes sense with Wiggins. I don't know what they're going to get exactly. Like, his market value has been in flux since the beginning of this season, really. But say, like, in the past two months, I think that's a fair assessment. I do believe that's a fair assessment. Now, I know we were looking at this and we were like, what's going to happen Jonathan Kaminga? Not really utilizing him, prioritizing him in the bestest of ways, but he is safe. They have officially protected him from any and all trade discussions. I know Steve Kerr values him. I know his franchise values him. I know Steph Curry values him. Like, this guy is valuing him. It's just, will you utilize him? And Steve Kerr has a really tough time just trying to grasp those concepts of letting go of the old and embracing the new. Now, I know you have that with Brandon, with Moody, with Kuminga, but Jonathan Kuminga, my bad, I'm sorry, I can't speak today. Jonathan Kuminga, he's pretty solid. I've been high on him. Like, this is a breakout season. He's averaging 15-4-1, but in his last 10 games, he's gone... 29, 26, 22, 31, 25, 20, 28, 24, 12, and 13. But the last eight games have been 20-plus and very consistently well. Like January 24th against Atlanta, at home, 11-11 from the field. Nine rebounds, two assists. 25 points. 31 points. Though the assist was on the back-to-back. 31 points, 12 and 19, free and free. Like you guys understand the power of Kuminga. I love Jonathan Kuminga. I've been very high on Jonathan Kuminga since he's been drafted. And Jonathan Kuminga, if I remember, was a lottery pick. Yeah, he was a former 7th overall pick. 
And 2021 was a pretty nice draft class, if you, if you remember correctly. They were they were there. Like it, it was up there. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but that's where we were at. It was very nice. There there were moments of he's shown glimpses before. Now he's really putting his foot on the gas pedal. And these last eight games have just been so monumental. And I think that's why they're not trading him. He proved to them in that eight to ten game span of this is what I can do. Play me. I'm showing you my capabilities. So very, very positive. Very, very positive. Even in last night's game, in 37 minutes played, 29 points, 11 of 15 from the field, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. My man shooting 54% from the field. Pretty nice. Pretty significant. And... I want to talk about the Warriors' needs. I have listed this out before, but the Warriors are hoping to land a wing or center fister system. Larry Markkinen, his name has been popping up several, several times. Will they be able to land him? Maybe, maybe not. John, um, no, I'm sorry. Colin Sexton, probably not going to be moved. If we're just going to be isolating on Utah for a second. It'll be interesting about Larry Marketing. I don't know. His buzz haven't hasn't been too high around the league, but I guess you never know per se, right? I guess things could change. I know the Knicks have been rumored around to be a potential suitor, but there's really been no trade rumors, but there's been no indication. There's just been some interest. But nothing solidifying that would be like, oh, it's going to go down. It's not. Nothing's falling. Nothing's breaking. Nothing is teetering either way on the scales. So that's where we're at with the Warriors. So very, very interesting. They have their set of needs. They want to move off of uh, Andrew. They want to move off of CP. Understandably so. Who's going to want to contract Chris Paul? It's whoever wants to. Uh, Take on a 30 million aging point guard. But he is the point guard for a reason. He's had a great career. It's not going to be ending. But hey, if the Warriors win a championship, which is very unlikely, they're like, what, 11 or 12? The Warriors have been struggling mightily. I, I know there's been a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, they're 12. Yeah, they're 12. They're behind the Rockets and Jazz. They're not a 500 team, obviously, but they are trying. So I guess you give them that. It's funny. They're for five games ahead of the Grizzlies and eight ahead of the Blazers. Mind you, the Blazers are 15 and 34. Says a lot, don't you? Don't you think? Very, very interesting on how all of those dynamics are working out. Very, very interesting. Now I want to get to DeJounte Murray. This one is like so head-scratching. Because I was so certain, as with other sources and insiders around the league, like Shams. Like, whoa, like there was a lot of guys out there that were saying, okay, this Lakers deal could come together. Like D'Lo, who was playing at all-time low, is now playing at an all-time high. 
like D'Lo. I don't know why, but he's kicking it up, and it's looking like he's not going to get moved. The Lakers are back and forth, but when you're putting up 16 points and 14 assists, it's hard to say no. Like now, sure he went five of 20 from the field. He can't shoot it well, but playmaking is solid. He's always been a very, very good playmaker. I will give you that, especially in recent years. He's always been a guy to get you like five or more, six or more, or even sometimes seven or more assists in a game. Or just on a season per game. Which is fascinating. He's just been struggling. Shoot, he's just super inconsistent. Do I think D'Lo gets moved? Sure. But the Lakers weren't willing to give up Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves for DeJounte Murray. The Hawks don't want D'Angelo Russell. They want a third team to come in. Both sides have stalled out on further talks. And it's believed that the Lakers aren't going to land him. And it makes sense. I want to, and if you covet Austin Reeves, and he does fit the team, I'm not the biggest fan of Austin Reeves, but I see where we're going at. Okay. I see it. I do. It's just, not the, I don't know. They've just always wanted him. And, the original offer of of D'Lo, that got squashed when he started playing well. So he's starting to fight for his job in L.A. We're going to get to fighting for jobs in L.A. and who wants in, who wants out. But as that's coming up next, but man, oh, man. I don't know what's going on. You got the Bucks, The Bucks. I don't think the Bucks could be landing him. Like the Bucks wanted him. And I say wanted with an E.D., because, as in the past tense, I don't know if they still want him or not. Because unless they give up Bobby Porter to Pat Connington, this deal doesn't happen financially. Or to the standards the Hawks want. Plus, Milwaukee is very limited in draft assets they can dish out. Which I brought before when bringing up the Suns and them. I just, I don't know. While... I still do believe that Murray will be traded. There's just no clear destination or leader in the pack, so to speak, to land the on-ball guard. Right now, the Lakers are the only ones trying to land him. And DeJounte Murray is very much on-ball guard. Can he play off ball a little bit? Sure, but there's a reason why the pairing of him and Trey Young isn't working so well. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Because there's also a side where. Quinn Snyder is saying. Wait why are we trying to get rid of him? Why are we trying to move on from him? Let me have some more time with him. So there's also. An advocate. On on behalf of Elena. Keeping. DeJounte Murray. And that's coming from Quinn Snyder. So something very very interesting. Something. Something very, very interesting. So, there's many moving pieces. I wish I could give you guys more, but that's just a recap on that type of stuff. I honestly don't know where we're going to go on that end. I wish I could tell y'all. I just can't. This DeJounte Murray, it was so sure-fired. 
that this was going to end up between them and the Lakers. That they were just hashing out the minute details. The integral parts. But that was just completely blown up. Then you guys want to know something? They honestly don't understand. I'm trying to understand. I understand a little bit. But I'm just really confused in the middle. It's this whole LeBron James situation. So there's this guy named David Pinglor. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. But it's David. He's a sports anchor and reporter for KTLA. This tweet, this post got almost 10 million views. With people freaking out and trusting him. Because guys, many years ago, he said sources and he got it right. Sources said that Kawhi Leonard was going to go to the Clippers. That was surefire, whatever. Like, something like that. And people are referencing, like, oh, he's good. He's credible. And I'm not, I'm not disputing him. But he said that LeBron James is at the top of the Lakers list to trade the 49-year-old. He also, Rob Palenka, was close to inking a deal, I'm sorry, a trade with a suitor being close. Like, this is coming close to fruition. However, like a day later, Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, said he will not be traded and that they aren't wanting out of Los Angeles. Context, LeBron's in the final year of his two-year deal, which is a massive deal. If he declines the player option for next season, now if he accepts it, it's another $51 million. It's a $51.4 million player option for the upcoming season. Look, there's many moving parts of LeBron wants to play with Bronny James. I think he just, I think Bronny needs to be concerned of actually making it to the NBA because he's just so awful. He's awful. He's nothing like his father. He is so awful. The best highlight is when he knocked his head into the wall. That's all he did. He's a bum. I would never want him. We would spend a second rounder. I think Sam Merrill's better. Anyways, so there's moving parts of can you win a championship? And and there was there's been some cryptic tweets by LeBron James. I'm sorry, cryptic post by LeBron James on his social media platform. Uh, he's got a huge following. I think it's like 52 million, 50 million, something like that. But it's up there. And it's like, okay, what's with the hourglass emoji? Is his time coming or going? Is this symbolizing how much time he has left? How much time he has left with the Lakers? Is he, is he want the Lakers to be pressured into making deals? Like, what does the lead GM want? What does player what does LeBron the player want? Honestly, that can be interpreted so many different ways. But after that, David over here made this tweet and this exploded. And this prompted Rich Paul to release a statement on ESPN. So now it's like, whoa, where are we going with this? What direction are we going? Where are we taking this, ladies and gentlemen? Where is this show going? Where is the LeBron James show going? This is interesting. I don't think the Lakers are going to trade him. LeBron's just never been that type of guy to really want to do it at a trade line. But he's also never been traded before when it comes to being in the season. 
don't think there's ever been a time in his career where he has been traded. I think it's all, all this stuff has just been handled in the offseason. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's always just been offseason matters, never in-season matters. So that would be a first. I don't think LeBron would start that now. And the Lakers, if they make the right moves, they can't turn it around. Sure, they're ninth, but they, they're in the playing. They're turning it around. Like, they've faced the worst. They're 25-25. They're 500 team. They could definitely be top five when this season's over. Let's not kid ourselves. Unless the Lakers, here from the Lakers side, they're just ready to hand the keys, take the, just give the reins to AD. What can Anthony Davis do? Is this time? Like, they're ready to do. Like, there was talks about last season. So, I don't know what to think at this moment. I'm just trying to ponder through this. I'm just trying to, like, okay, how can I, how can I just scavenger through this? Because what's real, what's fake, what's a little, what's a little out there? I don't even know. Like, this is going to, this is probably, if LeBron gets traded, this is going to be one of the most talked trades in recent memory. It's also going to be one of the craziest because you're going to have to match contracts. You're also going to have to say, okay, we want value back. Also, since we're talking about the Lakers, I don't think Zach Levine, and I'm just going to talk about the Bulls. I don't think Zach Levine's really going to be moved. The Bulls already said they're not going to make major moves. I know Philly's going to give up a first rounder for DeMar, and that's different. Maybe Alex Crusoe's different, but nobody really views, especially his contract, Zach Levine, a primary scorer, a number one option. They're seeing him like as a free or fourth option, a third or fourth option, which is fascinating, but it's true. He has not been that guy for, he's been that guy for Chicago, but he's not a needle mover. He's not a playoff pusher. Now, sure, he's playing with a cruddy team with a little bit of a smelly team, but still, she's just not beginning health-wise. She's been fine at that. It's just the contract's like a hard pill to swallow. You just don't want to swallow it. You're just like, no, I want to spit that out. So it's tough. So I don't think the Lakers are eyeing it up. I don't know, I don't know if LeBron's going to try to take his talents to New York. I don't know. It's all lead gem once. But this was such a confusing... Like, when I was reading this, I got home around 9 p.m. I was doing my stuff. And all of a sudden, I was reading, oh, LeBron James about to be tra- What do you mean he's about to be traded? Okay. That's obviously what the Lakers doing. That's LeBron's or maybe some of the Lakers. I don't know. But these next few days is going to be very, very pivotal. Very, very critical. Very, I, like, zoning in. Eyeing in on what the Lakers do. And I loved a bunch of Lakers fans just start crying because LeBron left. I'm sorry. I'm one of those fans. Never been a big Lakers fan. Unless it's Kobe. Love Kobe. Still wish he was still here. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at with LeBron. I have no idea. This is the first time in my lifetime where... There was a report that came out that said a team was wanting to get rid of a player like LeBron James. Never have I ever seen that before. But then again, what do I know? Maybe David's right, maybe David's wrong. We're about to find out come to deadline. 
I don't think he's going to get traded, but we're about to find out. That'd be, that'd be really funny if he gets traded. It'll be mind-blowing, mind-numbing to a lot of fans. Chaos will ensue online, but who knows? Is he going to try to form another super team? Maybe that's the way he's forming another super team. That's how he won the majority of his championships, especially in down Miami. Okay. So that's going to be something. Anyways, we're on our last thing. Our last topic for today's edition of the Trade Deadline. Wednesday will be the final preview day where everything, maybe we have a few trades going on, but that's the final day before the deadline. And then Saturday, I come back in and we're just hammering out the deadline, what happened, what I was shocked by, what I wasn't shocked by, blah, 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 all of that fancy good stuff. It's going to be very, very exciting times in the association for sure. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry, I also got a Monday. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's Monday, Wednesday. Oh, my brain's already fried, but y'all know what I mean. Now, this one, I've been keeping my eye on for some time now. Maybe like the past 10, 20 games, something like that. Whenever Alpert and Goon was really breaking onto the scene and just showcase himself to be a baller of a player. I didn't I did not know he had this in him. But apparently I was wrong. Apparently he's always had this in him. And it's working. It's actually working to his benefit. So Jalen Green is gaining momentum in the trade market. And he could be traded soon. Per multiple reports, it's looking like he's going to be traded. And it makes sense. Like, with his role being decreased and the team not sold on him, there has been a spike of interest in a high offensive-minded guard that if a team inquires about him and they're ready to acquire him, they're about to acquire him, is with the sole purpose, is with the sole mindset of putting younger athletes around the 21-year-old. And Green is in his third year in the association. And I say that because Green is a work in progress due to his lack of consistency and rough moments in the league. Despite his latest stretch of games being very promising, he just hasn't panned out. Like, they aren't... He, he, the way... This is not the way they were hoping for. His inconsistency is worse than R.J. Barrett's. For example, is that a little extreme? Is that a little harsh? Maybe, but this was a top three pick. It just hasn't panned out. Amy Udoka's not sold on him. Steven Silas was, but that there's always going to be a shift in mindset, a shift in gears, a shift in priorities. And when you have a man like Alperin's and Goon break onto the scene, and you're like, okay, I know you had this in you. Now you're going to try to develop him. Now you're going to have him. You're going to have the big kahuna here. We're going to have like all the little fishes, all the supporting cast of Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, the rookies, Cam Whitmore, and Thompson, Amen Thompson, and all the other guys. Okay. And you're going to have Steven Adams joining in the future. Okay. Now you got something. And you got Jock Lundell. You got all those guys. So now you got something. 
So it's very, very interesting. It's very, very eye-opening. And I really do believe Sagoon should win most improved player. Where will Jalen end up at? I don't know. I wish I did know. But I don't know. I don't know where Green's going to end up at. That's a very good question. He's just been inconsistent lately. I don't know. Like in the past 10 games, he's been good, but it's just not enough to sell him on. Because Emi Udoka is looking for that playoff push. The Rockets are looking for that playoff push. They're not there to say, oh, okay, we'll give you time. No, time is over. They've given him enough time. I've seen it for like two years. Yeah, two years now. So it's just keeping that perspective. I don't know where he can land. Maybe he can land with Utah Jazz, for example. The Hawks, for example. Okay, you want to bring over Jante? By all means, what can Philly offer? What can Philly give up to make it worth their wild? Can the Lakers be something? Okay, sure, he's a work in progress, but the Lakers can do that. You got the mentors of LeBron. You got the mentors of other guys. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing here. But I don't think Jalen Green is going to be a Houston Rocket come the end of this deadline. I honestly believe his time is coming to an end because momentum is gaining. There is an uptick. There is an increase in interest and in his value. And if he's performing this, performing this well and they're showing glimpses of teams, it's like, why wouldn't we do this? We would be stupid not to. So there is a very real, real sense of urgency within the league, within teams, amongst everybody to say, let's get this deal done. I don't know where that begins. These are just spitballs. There's really been no reports or rumors of teams stepping up to the plate to try to bat whatever they'll land them. They're going to try to score a home run, but I think Philly could try to land them. I think LA could try to land them. The Hawks would be interesting. Mm, I don't know about that one. I would have to look again, but Jalen Suggs is interesting. I will give him that. Because Houston is already ready to make a puff push. And they don't believe he's the focal point of this team. He's not a primary basketball player. They probably view him as a third or fourth option. And Mutoga is taking a liking to Sagoon. It is what it is. That's just how it's going to roll. Simplistic facts right then and there. As crazy as that sounds, I don't believe Jalen Suggs. And Jalen Suggs, by the way, I am very I was very high. And I'm still high on the promise on the town because he's only 21. He's very young. I was very high. I've said the Rockets should draft. Somebody should draft Suggs top three or top five. And I was look I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jalen Green. My bad. And I was like, maybe the Cavs can do something. Maybe there was a run for it. I think that was also the Evan Mobley draft. He went, because wasn't, wasn't 2021's draft class with Green, Suggs, Mobley? It wasn't, weren't they rocking with that draft class? 
Oh, this is going to kill me. I feel like an idiot now. I should know this. It was, yeah, it was also the Say Cunningham one. Yeah, you had Say Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy, Jonathan Kaminga, Franz Wagner, Davion Mitchell, James Booknight, um, a lot of guys. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of guys. Cam Thompson, Bones Highland. Jerry's there. Um, Herb Jones. Herb Jones is also another name to look out for. Never know. The Pelicans may try to be active. They're always just testing the, testing the waters with him. They like him, but when you got Trey Murphy the third and him and a bunch of other guys trying to get paid. There's only enough money to go around for everyone, especially given their contract demands and what they're going to be having in the open market in terms of value. Yeah, in terms of value, so you got all that going on. But I seriously do believe Green's going to be gone. That's just my feeling. And if no trades, if no significant trades that involve like these topics come next time I talk to y'all, then it's whatever. And that's going to be, I know next time we're going to be talking, it's going to be Monday, so we really just have to get past the day. But still, we're going to have to we have to get past that, and we're just going to be like, okay, we're going to revisit these topics. We're going to see what grown, what died off, all that stuff. And guys, with that being said, this is all I have for today's podcast episode. I was very excited to get back to the podcast. Very, very happy. I'm going to be innovating the podcast more, making it more creative. I want it to be better, right? I want people to enjoy it more. So with that being said... I'm going to be growing out Courtney's podcast. I'm going to be getting better. I hope you guys come back. I hope you guys stick for the ride. And yeah, boys um, and ladies, to everyone who's listening, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you all in the next podcast episode. We got a lot to cover. Remember, Courtney.com, social medias, all of that good stuff. Until then, guys, peace out. I'll see you all on the flip side.